go somewhere else. I can't take this nonsense anymore. How are you gonna blame the defense? I got the power. Screw Green Bean. <laughs> Damn it. But once you get to the sausage, I feel like we're doing something. Go Jets. And that's the other part of this, the people are insanely jealous of this show. This show gets the best of the best, and it does a different way, with positivity. He scores! Ow, oh, my head! No, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. What would you give up to see a Jet Super Bowl? All of my friends and family. <laughs> Hit those milk done, boys and girls. Freeze run. Freeze. Hold on to your underwear, ladies, and stand by, bitches. It's now time for Talking Jets with your hosts, Matt, Ryan, and Greenbean. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan. <laughs> I'll be your pilot. Welcome in, boys and girls. I've got Greenbean to my this way. I got Miss Matt O'Leary to my that way. Greenbean, how are you doing tonight? Oh, dudes, I'm in the best mood ever. This is great. I can't wait to see what shenanigans we get into tonight. It's going to be great. O'Leary, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. Uh, it's another year of the wild card round where the Jets are not playing. I've been all too accustomed to that. But I spent the weekend and Monday watching football and eating like an animal. So it was a good weekend for me. Boys and girls, if you want to get into our T-shirt, jersey, pillow, mug giveaway all you got to do is leave a comment on this video down below after it's aired leave a time stamped comment and we'll pull people from that list for next week's giveaway for this week's giveaway it was on last week's show so if you leave a timestamp comment on one of those things over there you get entered please hit that like button on the way and it lets everyone know that this is a show worth watching we got some stuff to get into and i see blitz crew over here i guess we could talk about this first before we hop into the specifics of the different games uh, anyone else pissed at NBC for the Finns Chiefs game on Peacock? This was the first exclusively streamed game on a streaming service for the yeah. playoffs. We obviously have the Amazon games on Thursday. I'll be honest, I hate it. I hate that they're doing it. They made a bunch of money. I think they said 23 million eyes on it. It was the largest streamed event ever. And uh, I hate to tell it, guys, but it's not going away. They are going to consistently do this, and they're going to do it to a point where they're going to break up every single game, and you're going to need, you know... Amazon Prime for Thursdays. You'll need, yeah. you know, the Peacock for one day. You'll need uh, Paramount Plus for another day. You'll need all the different ones. Disney Plus for ESPN. That's what's going to happen. You're going to need it for all of them because they're going to make so much money. That's my thoughts. Well, Matt, or, or Greenbean, we'll go to you first. What do you think? Yeah, real quick, and I'll tell you why they're going to keep doing it because we keep buying it, everybody. We got to make a stand somewhere. Did you guys see the German farmers? They made a stand. We got to make a stand. We just keep, we go, oh, it's over there. I got to pay $20. I'll pay $20. Oh, that's the, the $20 doesn't work over here. Oh, $50. I'll pay that. This is going to be $290. Yeah, okay. I paid $200. I don't get all the games. No, I got to go here and pay $999. And that's what we keep doing. And they're going to, like Ryan said, he's at, why wouldn't they do it? It's working. It's very similar to, like Woody Johnson, dude, Woody Johnson made a $600 million investment that is now worth over $6 billion and we've been abysmal. Why does he give a shit if we win or lose? You know what I mean? We've, we've, it doesn't, it keeps working. So they're going to keep doing it, man. So I think at some point we got to just make a stand and we don't get to watch the game and 23 million of us don't watch it and Paramount sitting there holding their peckers. Then, uh, then they know, or Peacock, whoever it was, 
then then they know they go oh well that was a mistake let's not do that again we can do it one time as a unified front and it would end but we won't so get ready embrace it it's your future matt what did you think about hopping on the cock to watch this uh game hey now um so i did not mind because i knew where i was going now my preference is to watch on cable i still am a cable subscriber one because i think that uh i i personally can't deal with being on any sort of delay it's just i have my i have my own anxiety issues to begin with that's a whole topic for another day but specifically with this like i can't if my the it gets laggy or freezes no good i, I don't like the sound of that but green bean sounds like i'm sorry to do this to you bean but you sound like my dad because i got the call from him saying do we got peacock how do you watch it and then i said yes we do and he goes what's the login and i'm like okay i gotta text the login and then uh he, i get another call can can you give the login to uncle george so then i'm texting my uncle george and I'm like, bang you give him the login so um tough day for anyone in the 50 plus demo again sorry green bean but um hey. th th there are other ways uh and other sites if you want to watch without subscribing there there are ways to do that on uh certain platforms and it's certainly not posted in the chat that someone already said i saw that in there so if you guys want to uh goo gaggle at your own uh convenience you can yeah. find some other ways to do it uh blitzkrieg comes in says will nfl sunday ticket cover us for everything doubtful doubtful my friend um i would imagine sunday ticket would be just the in-season stuff i mean now who knows what it ultimately ends up being. But I'm pretty sure Sunday Ticket right now does not cover playoffs. Am I not wrong on that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. I guess, uh, chat, let us know if uh, it does cover that. I don't think it does. I feel like it doesn't. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right, let's hop into some of the games from around the league. Uh, I guess we'll start with our division. Do we want to start with our division rivals or do we want to end on the division rivals? I say start. I want to laugh as much as possible. All right, let's laugh at these fucking fins. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, get your... Oh, dude, it, it felt so great. They are a bunch of Damn. down there in Miami. Scrubs, they've beaten one team over 500 in the last year and a half, 7 to 26. They didn't even look competitive. Nothing at all. It makes me feel good inside to know that fan base is still 24 years without a playoff win while the Jets uh, were, were kicking along on our long playoff drop. But the win is what really matters. They just had to work out one extra week and lose consistently. Matt, your thoughts on Chiefs Dolphins? It was everything I thought it was going to be. It really was. I don't think I could have predicted it to go more accurately than what most people were saying. It was like, well, down the stretch, the Dolphins have a really tough schedule. They might not win this division. And then it was Dolphins fans saying, you're a hater. You just hate the Dolphins. Yeah. Well, they lose to Buffalo again in the last year. They don't win the division. They have to go on the road. And then it's, oh, it's going to be Arctic-like temperatures, minus 30 degrees in Kansas City. Hmm, let me think. Team from Florida – or dome team going in playing in cold climates. Ask the early 2000s Buccaneers how that went uh, for in, instead of 2002. Ask the Tony Dungy Bucks how that went. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, there's going to be like a, maybe not a crazy high-scoring game, but 23-10, something like that. And that's exactly what happened. Tua went into a shell, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just did their thing and pretty much you know, did what they wanted. So 
uh yeah no sympathy for them either because their their fan base acts like they're high and mighty and they haven't won a playoff game uh since i've been watching football so that that's a joke hashtag pay to a monster sum of money for his new contract green bean how you feeling about the dolphins getting squished out in kansas city i feel just as good as i feel uh, I, I felt about uh, anything Jets positive ever. I mean, that was so sweet. I look, I actually look, I felt like they were going to lose. You know, they lost, um, you know, the division to Buffalo the last week, which is, I hate Buffalo too, right? It's like it sucks no matter which way. But I hate the Dolphins the most, as you guys know. Um, so they're just, their fans make it. They just, every time I think it's like, eh, the Dolphins. Their fans reignite the fire, man. They act as if they've done something, and they have done nothing. And I'll remind everybody that their last ring was three years after us in 1972. For a little perspective, that's the year I was born, okay? That's the last time Miami took it all home. So I just, uh, I love the fact that, dude, my, I, I know you guys probably deal with similar things. My feeds are peppered with Miami fans coming in and laughing and poking and all that shit. So to see them, you know, just kind of number one offense the whole year and just kind of collapse a little bit right, you know, right before the playoffs limping in and seeing them get blown out is as sweet as sweet gets. You know, it's funny. Somebody said, uh, a couple people said, like people stop in this dreams and they go, oh, you know, yeah, Jets, you know, the only thing you have left is to is to bitch about other, or root against other teams. Well, yeah, yeah, no shit. Like, you know, you're not bringing any news articles over here. This is what we get, dude. We, like Matt said, another week, another playoff, another wild card weekend without the Jets. So what else are we going to do? We hate, at least I do. I take great, joy and uh, it's a warm blanket for me my hatred and i love when it works out i wish the bills would have lost that would have made it as sweet as sweet can be we'll talk about it later but i love the joe flacco uh game as well like there was a few sweet nuggets in this weekend for me but the crown jewel has to be that miami goes another year making it almost a quarter century without Mm -hmm. a single playoff win and i could not be more delighted Now, going from Miami and Kansas City, we're going to go over to the Steelers and Bills. This game was moved from the Sunday time slot at 1 o'clock over to the Monday 4.30 slot because of the snow and all the weather there. We got to see the people shoveling in the stadium and sliding down those slides and everything. They looked like they were having the greatest damn time. And then you see the snowballs going up in the air. Mason Rudolph did not deserve to be on an NFL field. That is a joke of a quarterback. Um, for the Buffalo Bills. This was basically a first-round buy for them. That's what they earned by beating Miami the final week of the season. And I I don't know. I just, I I like where Buffalo's headed right now. Um, I think they are starting to click, but I feel like some of the injuries that they sustained, sustained over the course of the year are going to be what ultimately stops them. Now, we are seeing Kansas City go to Buffalo this time. And who knows, maybe if the Texans wind up beating is there any way for buffalo to get an additional home game like was buffalo yeah. is buffalo the two seed right now yeah. buffalo's the two so if the texans beat the, the texans ravens beat yeah okay that would be interesting to see um now obviously i don't want to see that but again steelers bills i didn't think mason rudolph deserved to be on the field the bills just had their way with them this was not a competitive game 
whatsoever. Matt, your thoughts on Steelers Bills? Um, well, my biggest thing is I think it's absolutely terrible that the Bills make their fans come and have to dig out the stadium. Can you imagine? If the Jets are like, hang on, you got to pay what, whatever PSL, right? You know, you mm -hmm. pay it years ago to get your seats 15 years ago whatever you we increase prices every year even though we blow and then oh by the way playoff game horrific like there's a travel ban and all that stuff we're gonna make you come to the stadium early and dig yourselves out a multi-million dollar enterprise we're gonna make you start digging is absolutely ridiculous you're, you're telling me twenty dollars an hour plus free food and beverage isn't enough to do that if the jets asked me to do that I'd be like, sure, I'll come down. Oh, and you're going to throw in a free punch in the nuts and like you're going to pants me in front of everyone? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. That's actually like what I signed up for. That's what the New York Jets would do. But $20 in food and beverage, like, I don't know. In a playoff game, that would be kind of fun. How many years? One of these years, and I don't want this, I don't want this to happen. I want to make this abundantly clear. What I'm about to say, I do not want it to happen. But one of these years, someone's going to catch a heart attack and they're going to have mm. a real problem on their hands. Right? Like, mm. yeah. Is any sort of requirement like do you have to pass a physical before they give you a shovel or is it just like hey sloppy joe who weighs nine thousand pounds and his his blood is 95 percent buffalo wings let's give him a shot <laughs> it's Fra frank's red hot surging through yeah. his veins <laughs> yeah they so, got a smash to a table and then they qualified to be handed a shovel yeah you light yourself on fire first do a cannonball through a table and then okay yeah. you're Cleared protocol. Here's your shovel. Go in there. Start digging. And That's then so I don't know, the fans, the the Steelers fans, who had to go through like waist deep snow to get to their seats. It's like it I wasn't even. That. So that yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, the twenty dollars an hour they paid, poor money spent because they did a piss poor job, dude. They they, they were probably you know, like, they okay, were, where are all the Steelers fans sitting? Okay, let's shovel it into there. Screw these guys. <laughs> They're not coming yeah, to yeah. another they playoff were, game up here. They did. They said, where am I sitting? And they yeah, shoveled yeah. out that area. That's all. That's what they did. Build Let me say, ice thrown with cup holders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the snow never stopped. Like getting thrown in the air, like the entire game, they were still throwing snow in the fourth quarter. Like there was plenty of snow left in that stadium. But you know what's funny, man? Like uh, you want to talk about the the you know people always say that Jets fans are crybabies and uh, you know oh you don't have it any worse than anybody else, dude. You want to talk about like like Matt? I think Matt just said it. But you talk if that was the Jets that needed to pay their fans to to the the news stories that would have come out. Can you imagine if what's going on with the New York Giants was the New York Jets right now? Yeah. With Dable and Wink and all that shit. Dude, they they would be, I mean, they would be camped out at one Jets drive. We would be having, you know, secret tapes. They'd be having cups with recorders to Woody's office. Like, that's what would be going on. They would be ripping this to shreds. And it's almost, I mean, they're talking about it, but it's like, eh, it's not, it's not that big of a deal with this Buffalo thing. It's just like, oh yeah, the Buffalo, no, they need to pay fans. So now that said, if I was up there, I would have did it. I would have taken the $20 and free food to go shovel some snow. What else am I doing? I'm in the fucking parking Dude, lot. I'd be pounding beers, just throwing snow. <laughs> I'd have a grand old time with it. Yeah. But dude, they would have ripped us. They'd, they'd still be talking about it today. They would still mm, be true. talking about it. the losers, the, the, uh, you know, the slapdick, 
franchise, the New York Jets. And nobody gets it like us, dude. It's just, it's really, it's very, very consistent. We have just example after example after example every single year. These are two of them. The fact that the Bills had to pay people to shovel their damn snow and that Giants, uh, the Dable thing is out of control. If that was the Jets, dude, Stephen A. Smith, everybody would be screaming about it. Uh, Coward, all the guys, they'd be everywhere. And uh, that's how you know we truly have it the worst, everybody. Yeah, for you guys that don't know in the chat, there was an article that dropped uh, from, it was Pat something or other, I think, that that published it. Uh, Connor Hughes had a few screenshots of it. And basically, like, there's a ton of infighting between Dayball and Kafka and Wink and, like, you know, on the headset saying, you lost us the game just like you lost us the Jet game. Just like, yo, yeah. th- like... Dayball sounds unhinged. Like, I'm glad we didn't wind up getting him because that was something that, like, I, I, I've i always thought Dayball was a good head coach. Uh, you know, I love the passion, but the fire you see on the, he- like, on the sideline, he's directing that directly at his own guys. It's friendly fire. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I want, he was the guy that I wanted the most out of their interviews. There were mm-hmm. plenty of coaches I wanted more than who they interviewed, but um, the guys they interviewed, Dayball was the guy I wanted. And it looked like year one with the Giants, he was – far and away the right guy uh but this is this is not good everybody not good at all matt what are your thoughts on the uh the giant stuff yeah i that's so funny that green bean said that because there's a segment on tomorrow's just jets that is the media bias against the jets and a big thing is this story because could you imagine it would be the equivalent of robert Sala getting on the headset and screaming at Jeff Ulbrich. Like it, it, that doesn't make it makes zero that makes zero sense. And it feels like it was like a, a story on Twitter for like three hours and then no one's talking about it today. Like it was over. It was it was all it was like a couple hours yesterday. The fan the Giants fans, to their credit, like I follow some Giant fans and they're they're talking about it and they're like, oh my God, but the national media or like the overall NFL isn't going nuts about it. But if this was this is a perfect thing. If it was something that happened with the Jets, it would still be talked about. Like the overrated butt fumble that is still talked about all these years later. The most overrated blooper in sports. But because it happened to the Jets, we're going to talk about it. That's right. Every year on the anniversary, we get to see it again every year. And uh, yeah, it's like not anybody else. We don't see anybody's shit like we see ours. No, never. I want to talk a little bit about the Browns-Texans. This was the first game we saw. I actually lost power like an hour into this game, and we're like, all right, we got to go to the in-laws' house. We're driving like an hour, like not an hour, uh, like one road over, right? Close to an hour. No, not an hour. Um, Drive one road over, and we're on our way there. They lose power. So we're like, all right, we got to go to a restaurant to go have dinner because like we got no appliances, no nothing right now. I'm watching on YouTube TV, which is great, absolutely awesome to be able to pull that up through the app. But we got to see Joe Flacco turn back into a pumpkin. So all those people that were like, oh, the Jets should have signed Joe Flacco. They would have gone so far. This is why the Jets didn't sign Joe Flacco. And I'm super duper jealous about D'Amico Ryans and the Texans team. They are going to get a haul of free agents. They have so much free agent money that they can go out and spend in cap dollars. They have draft picks. And they hit on their quarterback in the biggest way. He wound up having a perfect passer rating. I think he was number two all time. Is that right? In terms of uh, it was like him and uh, Jordan Love were like two of the top three passer ratings in a playoff game, which is absolutely insane. And I'm jealous about it. Matt, your thoughts on the Browns Texans game. 
Uh, I was not expecting that at all. When you look at the Browns, they are top two, three defense in the NFL, and they got mollywopped. Now, granted, there were two pick sixes in there, but still, that's 31 points that the defense uh, allowed, and the Texans were pretty much moving the ball at will. And, you know, shout out to C.J. Stroud. That team is really fun. Um, I'm happy for them, as happy as a, a Jeff fan could be, because – I don't know. I like CJ Stroud and I think it's a cool story with how quick they turned it around. But yeah, the, uh, the jets messed up by not bringing back Joe Flacco crowd got real quiet real quick uh, when he was throwing pick after pick in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about real quick, how the Texans wanted Bryce young. They lucked into CJ Stroud. It's just the jets getting Zach Wilson. Like that could be us. <laughs> we were literally, it, it just like, not that it was, you know, we could have picked CJ Stroud or anything, but when you hit on the number two overall pick, this is what you could wind up getting. And to yeah. see like the Texans having fun and doing all the, the good stuff. It's I, I'm pulling for him. I really am. Greenbean, your thoughts on Browns Texans. Yeah, it was the, it was the first little sweet nugget of the weekend. And uh, like you said, but by the way, the term Molly is great. Is, is wonderful. Okay, I want to commend Matt for that. Thanks. Molly whopped. Um, but yeah, I mean, the uh, Joe Flacco turning back into a pumpkin pumpkin thing is exactly what it is. And, you know, like, you know, look, he had a great little run there. He still threw for 300 yards, so there's that. Um, but it's like we know what he is by and large. He had a little spurt. It was exciting. You know, it got them into the playoffs. They were kind of, you know, it didn't look like they were going to make it. And, and it, it was good for them. But I hate Cleveland. Uh, I hate the Browns. I hate their fans. Um, and, oh, by the way, guys, I don't know if I told you this. I was just sent video. I guess, you know that trip, my story about going to Cleveland in 1999 and welcoming them back and, and yeah, the yeah. big fight and everything? I was just sent, like, two and a half hours of footage of that trip. I don't even recall filming. Dude, it was 1999. I, I think we must have had like a, a camera. Over shoulder camera. Yeah, oh. dude. And the funny <laughs> part about it, I'm narrating like 70% of it. It's me. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. so it's just a fun. So anyway, I'm going to cut that up and uh, and I'll show you guys some stuff. But, uh, but amazing. I'm like, holy shit, I hope there's some really juicy stuff in here. I didn't watch it all yet. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I dislike the Browns and their fans. Uh, almost as much as I dislike AS, AFC East teams and their fans. So seeing that happened and just the whole thing, like it's like the Flacco thing. What What's the first? It's not just that Joe Flacco did well. It's that the Jets suck because Joe Flacco did well. You know what I mean? Everything is like centered around us. And then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick interviewing Joe Flacco. I'm just like, I can't stand all this crap. And to see him just kind of implode, uh, score a big whopping 14 points while getting shellacked uh, and throwing pick six. And, and just it's just so, so nice, you know, because that's all I got left is my hatred. Again, if the Bills lost this weekend would have been perfect for me. Uh, but this was a good one. This not quite as good as Miami, but good nonetheless. Uh, Blitz crew hops in with a comment. He says Flacco still better than Watson. Uh he is. And I I want Deshaun Watson to like really shit the bed as bad as possible. Cause I want that Browns trade to be like an all-time stinker. I really do. Like Green Bean, I'm not a huge fan of the Browns. 
I, it's not even so much the Browns. It's more so Watson and like how they handled it. They're like, yo, this guy, this is the guy in the NFL that deserves fully guaranteed money across the board. Like, I just sort of have to take a little bit of a stand against that. So I uh, I like watching Flacco do well. And I was pulling for the Browns. Honestly, if they could have won it all with Flacco and it, they could have had this Carson Wentz, Nick Foles dynamic where the starter is no longer the starter because he like imploded and crumbled because the city loves the backup. Would have been perfect for me. But uh, they're knocked out, so we don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah, we don't. We don't. I like that Joe Flacco sucks. They're back to Watson, who struggled, uh, and he's injured. And I just think it's going to fail nonetheless, so I'm really happy. Uh, I get both. I get my cake and eat it too, Ryan. This is really nice. This is going to be good. I like that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers putting a shellacking on the Cowboys. This game was not as close as the final score made it seem like it was. Uh, the... The, the Packers had the Cowboys number from the jump. It was not close. Jordan Love looked incredible. And it makes you sit back and think like, damn, they've done it twice now. They figured it out. Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers sitting behind him. Then Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love sitting behind him. It's probably worth it for a lot of Jet fans to say, hey, we got to take the quarterback now. Let him sit behind Aaron Rodgers. I think it's just a matter of when you take that quarterback, which is where Jet fans sort of maybe have a little bit of conflict uh, but as far as this game goes, Dallas, I don't know if McCarthy winds up keeping his job. This seems like something that will eventually get him canned. Um, see where that all winds up. Matt, what did you think of the game down in Dallas? Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, baby? Oh, that was that was a tough watch. Um, I don't hate the Cowboys as much as, like, I feel like they're a team that everybody usually likes to crap on i'm just i'm not a mike mccarthy fan so i get some solace out of that um but from the packers side of things like i've seen some of the reaction be like oh well jordan love won a playoff game so the jets lost the aaron Rodgers trade actually and i don't think you, know, you guys tell me if i'm wrong but i don't think anything that jordan love does should impact whether the jets won or lost that trade to me it's if aaron Rodgers wins the super bowl with the jets whether they won or lost the trade yeah, 100%. I think the Jets trade hinges on the Jets either winning the Super Bowl or finding their franchise quarterback because they had Aaron Rodgers here and developed a quarterback behind him. Either one of those two scenarios is a win in my book. I'll take 10 years, 15 years of a franchise quarterback if that means giving away two second round picks to get Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I'm in total agreement. Greenbean, what did you think about uh, like Jordan Love and his performance? Does it negative in, negatively impact the way the Jets are perceived throughout this trade? Well, I think for now, there's no way that it doesn't. I I, I get I, I agree that there's, you know, we're halfway through it. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not closed, right? The game isn't over, so to speak. But the early returns are that, like you said, once again, they figured it out. And I'll tell you, honestly, I hate it. I wanted Jordan Love to implode. Uh, again, dude, I, you know, I know what uh, I sound like and I don't really give a shit. I hate everybody. I hate um our team not being right i hate other teams that trade with us i hate when it works out for them i fucking hate it all and uh i wanted jordan love to suck the biggest sweatiest of balls and it didn't work and i'm hoping he does i'm hoping he shits to bed uh this week i'm gonna be rooting for it again so uh hey man it doesn't matter though like again the early returns are love doing pretty damn good and green bay fans should be and i'm sure they are very happy which I also hate. You know what's interesting is if the Cowboys are like 
thinking about nuking it right now. Like if you all of a sudden oust McCarthy, do they try to hit the reset? They're $40 million over the cap right now. Now they can restructure things, get themselves under the cap. Cap is basically a myth. That's kind of what I've come to uh, the conclusion of after looking at the Saints year in and year out. But I would say that it's uh, interesting enough. C.D. Lamb, $17 million against their salary cap. Do they want to try and get some draft picks for him? You have Tyron Smith, who's a free agent. You have Stephen Gilmore, which, who's a free agent. You have Tony Pollard, who's a free agent. There's a lot of people over there. Tony, uh, Michael Gallup's a free agent. Tyron Smith, come on down. We need a left tackle. That's who I'm kind of hoping the Jets end up with. Um, but he's got his own injury history. There's like It's so frustrating uh, where it goes with all this stuff. Um, let's hop into a few chats. I see the pack uh, is back. The pack are back. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, where would Love be ranked next year? Is he top 10? So I guess let's name the quarterbacks that we would take over him right now. I would say Mahomes. Uh, I would say probably, I would probably take Allen. I would probably take, do you take Herbert over yes. him? Herbert's over him. Do you take, I'm just trying, I'm going to run through divisions in my head. Not Mac Jones. Do you take Tua over him? I would say no. No. Okay. Um, so the AFC East, well, I guess, would you take Aaron Rodgers over him? Yes. Okay. So that so he's somewhere, Rod, I feel like Rodgers and him, it, it's tough because if we frame the question as who would you want moving forward, I think everyone would probably say Jordan Love because of the longevity of his potential career. Right now, it's hard to tell what Aaron Rodgers is or is not because we just haven't seen him play as a Jet. Um the North, I would say Lamar Jackson's better. Would you yep. say Burrow's better? Yes. So Burrow's better. Lamar Jackson's better. Herbert's better. Mahomes is better. Uh, Steelers, no. Browns, Watson? No. Would not take Watson. Uh, what about Levis? No. You would... Uh, Love would be ahead of Levis is what is what you're saying, right? Yeah, Love is ahead of Levis. Trevor He's, Lawrence. I feel like they're close. They're close. I would say they're I think close. Love's so higher. Twelve to fourteen range, somewhere in that. Sounds about yeah, right. Well, I'm, I'm, so let's say we've got we've got four right now. So we're we're just kind of going through. I'll, I'll throw Lawrence in there for right now as like five people ahead of him, but that could very well change. C.J. Stroud or Love? yes, Stroud. Stroud. Um. Titans, Texans, Jaguars, Colts. Anthony Richardson, probably take Love right now. Love. Um, AFC West, Mahomes, Herbert, Russ Wilson, Jimmy G, no. NFC, Daniel Jones, no. Washington, no. Dak Prescott, no. Yes, I, think, I would take. Do you take Dak? I think so, yes. I think I would take Love over Dak. I think I've seen enough of Dak in the playoffs that I just don't have faith in him. Greenbean, where do you fall on Dak versus Love? Dak sucks. So you would take Love <laughs> over Dak? I wouldn't take Love if you fucking paid me. <laughs> <laughs> so Green, Greenbean can't be part of this conversation in an objective fashion. These fucking questions. Okay. <laughs> We're trying to figure out who the top 10 is, right? I'm with you, you guys. I agree. I just looked. I mean, you know, it's a, a weird year. So uh, we'll a lot say of the Dax. 
Like, yeah, like last year, quarterbacks. Dak, I think Love, that- and Trevor seem to be in the same conversation. I would say, right? Is that that's kind of where ish maybe yeah. we are right now? Yeah, I yes. think the the thing Jordan Love has over Dak, you know, obviously there's the experience thing, right? We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be long term, but Dak is a proven, uh, you know, loser in my opinion. I mean, he's clearly talented. Better than who we, right? right? Like, like to keep things in perspective, I'm not saying you know Tim Boyle and Simeon and all you know all our guys or Mike White are better than than Dak. At the same time, dude, clearly he's not going to get them there, and it's one of those things. It's just you know, um, and you know he has those great games where he looks elite, but he always does this, and I think it's. Um, I think this last time it's like you know how many times do you want to get burned by the same hot stove. Um, without you know realizing like hey maybe I should turn this off or, or or leave the building or stop touching it or whatever the hell it is, but it's uh, I think Dak so that's the thing like Jordan Love there's an excitement about it you don't know if he's a choker you don't know what he's going to do Dak I think the the book is kind of out on him and I think Dak would really do well as like the premier backup in the NFL that's what I think. Wow. He should become. I, I would have paid Dak the money when he was a free agent if he didn't get franchised. I would have been pumped with him. But I would take Love right now over over Dak because I do think you're right. He has, his book's a little more written than Love's is. Uh, Jalen Hurts, do we like him or do we not like him? This is I feel like he's a hard one right now. Before, like, halfway through the season, I think everyone's saying Hurts. Now I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Matt, where do you fall on Hurts versus Love? Um, I would take Hertz. Slightly. So would I. Right running. now, I think that, I feel like he might ultimately, depending on how next year goes, end up in the same-ish type conversation. Uh, Bean, what do you think about uh, Jalen Hurts? It's an interesting one, like you said. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of this downslide and, and, um, but, you know, remember, two years – right before last year, that offseason, most Eagles fans were hoping that they moved on from him. So mm-hmm. it's like this the, – the success period, while very, very high level, is short. So you don't know what to make him. I think Jalen Hurts is probably having a, what we call a slump, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to be just fine. That If I had to put money down, I would I would probably say that. But it's not it's not a good look. And this is a, this is an extended period now. It's like it's not one game, two games. It's like, holy shit, buddy. You know? Um but Tua was know, now now Hertz was benched for Tua at one point in his career. <laughs> like there is something to be said for like, you know, maybe this is him turning into a pumpkin to some degree. Yeah. It's a long time ago. Well, people don't forget. <laughs> Super bad quote, baby. Um, okay. So let's let's throw Hertz in there above him right now. Uh I don't think there's anyone in the AFC South I would take above Love. I like Baker. I like Carr. I'm not taking any one of them. And then obviously Atlanta and uh, Carolina, I don't think we would do that. Matt, any thoughts on Carr or Baker ahead of Love? No, no neither of those guys are ahead of Love. Stafford. Baker. Yeah, Stafford. I might. Take Stafford. Goff. No. Okay. Um, I guess I should go by division. Stafford. Uh, Gino. No. No. Uh, Brock Purdy. I would take Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. I, I I do like Brock Purdy a lot. So we're getting close to to top ten. Um, and then who am I missing? Kyler Murray or Love? I would take Love. Oh, I would take Kyler. I think. 
I think Kyler's insanely athletic and crazy accurate and fast, but I don't love that they needed to include a uh, study clause. Yeah, that that's yeah, the part for me that that knocks him down for me. All right, I yeah. take it back. We could put we could put love ahead uh, of him on this list. I take it okay. back. We could do. Bean, what do you think about uh, Kyler? I don't like Kyler. Kyler Murray scares me. Like you said, I mean, clear, there's no denying the guy's talent, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a like you do. That is a freaky and loud message. Mm-hmm. Um, putting that into his contract that he has to study, it's like, what the fuck is that, man? Um, you know, I don't know. Who knows what that guy, you know? But uh, I mean, it, I you know, I don't know. Jordan Love, it's like right now we're talking about Jordan Love in the midst of a hot streak. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there was that period for Kyler. Two years ago, Kyler, they were, what, nine and one or whatever the hell it was. Everybody's like, oh, my God. And then he's, he's, he's fell from grace a little bit. Then he got injured. Like, we nobody knows what these stories are. Like, t- talking about love right now. Um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna put him where you know where he looks. I mean, he's he he fucking played exceptionally well in the playoffs against the number two seed Dallas Cowboys, who you know I think most fans that weren't paying attention to the fact that Green Bay just flat out owns Dallas, um, no, you know, no, no matter stadium. It's a weird That's- thing, right? It's like it's it's the same thing like the Jets never beating the Eagles. Doesn't matter the coach, doesn't matter the players. It's one of those things that just sticks through time, right? And uh, so if you're not paying attention to that stuff, any, any smart fan would go, "Well, Dallas is going to mop the floor with these guys. It might be a good game, but they're going to win." And they got mm-hmm. shellacked. So you know you can't take that away from them. Uh, I hated that it happened, but I uh, you know you can't take it away. So talking about Jordan Love right now is uh i think it, it's tough these comparisons you know um so anyway i think you know it's 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 justifiable to kind of put him in that in those categories like above kyler above baker above those guys but he hasn't had his rough patch yet real rough now, patch anyway a little bit in the beginning you know now we're close at this point because we got one more division left we got nine quarterbacks in front of love as it stands the final people are you putting fields above love i would say no no Kirk Cousins. Yes. I am probably a push on Kirk Cousins right now. I like Kirk a lot. I would take him in a heartbeat, but I feel like in a one-game... Oh, man, that's tough. It's probably close. I think Love is very close to top 10. I think he's probably 10 to 14, like Matt was kind of saying before. I would say there's nine ahead of him right now, and then... It then it gets murky. No lower than fifteen. Agreed. Bean would put him at thirty second, so we can move on. Oh uh, no, no, Zach. <laughs> Blitzkrieg comes in says soft reboot for the Cowboys. The cap and the production seem to demand it at this stage. Incomplete on our trade with the Packers. I do think it's an incomplete on our trade. And as far as a soft reboot for the Cowboys, I agree. I think they're going to have to hire someone else from outside. I think McCarthy's message has kind of gone stale, even though they've had, I think, what is it, 12 wins? Is it two or three of the last three years? Three. Three yeah. of the last three years. I don't think he's necessarily the problem, but I don't know what you do. Like, do you think and- Belichick ends up going there? No. No. You think he's Atlanta? Yep. Or Philly. Wow, Philly would be interesting. How can they fire that guy? They Sirianni? fire him. 
they haven't fired him yet. But like, no, I, I don't know. He's dude. a douche nozzle. Like <laughs> of all the head coaches in the NFL, I hate him the most. And he, I got no skin in the game for him. Two and six since he screamed at Chiefs fans. So love it. He's he got popcorn going to, thrown at him. Yeah, I saw which that. Is not okay, but you um, see it. The, the guy he throws the popcorn. He's yelling at him. He goes, "All right, I'm leaving." And the security guard, "You ain't leaving nowhere." And they went and got him. <laughs> you can't throw shit at people, buddy. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like you know, we get like situationally butt hurt. And we want to fire people. Like, clearly Mike McCarthy is a good coach. Clearly Nick Sirianni is a good coach. Now, you know, did he make some mistakes? And did he maybe have, you know, hey, I, I take that back if I could. You know, that, yeah, let these guys make some mistakes. You want to start all over with a whole new regime? Like, that's the, in my opinion, that's the wrong move. It's not to say it can't work, but I think it's the wrong move. These guys are clearly good coaches. Um, where, like, an Adam Gase clearly not a good coach right mm. clearly that's a different story mike mccarthy is a good coach uh i think that if they did you know look the the whole not winning playoffs thing was there before mike mccarthy got there it goes back to romo don't forget there's another statistically magical quarterback who couldn't seem to get a damn playoff victory under his belt uh and dak took him you know took his job and they just continued it. And Mike McCarthy's been there for 15 minutes. And they've done real well. You know, they've they've been a very, very strong team. They were the number two seed. Sure, they got embarrassed in their own house. Um, and like you said, that score, not indicative of the game, man. No, that was not a 45-32, you know, punching match, you know, uh, to the finish. No, that was not what it was. That game was toast early. Um, so I don't know. But, you know, it's like – Again, like like when you talk about a soft reboot, it's like, okay, well, why don't we look for another quarterback? And why don't we see, you know, keep C.D. Lamb and, you know, just kind of fortify and bolster what we have here. We were the number two seed, man. Why are we tearing it down? Why are we firing everybody? Now, if they do, they do. Jerry Jones is old as shit, so he might not want to wait anymore. Who knows? But, he, you know, I, I think that it, it would be a, a, a foolish move. Uh, to to kind of start over right now, and I feel the same way about Philly. Like the guy, you know, Philly dude. They hired Sirianni the same year we hired Sala, if I remember correctly. And so they've been gonna, to the. You they know, have the issue they have is so Kelsey has retired. You're probably going to see Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham retire. You're probably going to see Lane Johnson retire. Like they they could lose a lot of pieces, and then AJ Brown. I think he took his social media stuff down last year as well. But there was a whole bunch of like rumors that he wasn't super happy with what was going on. Uh, in Philadelphia, so I I don't know. It's it's fascinating to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, in Philly, Aaron comes in and says Green Bean is on fire tonight. Green Shut Bean. up, Aaron. Yeah, let's put him on ice. <laughs> yeah, there, goes. there goes Green Bean. Uh, yeah. Neem Laster says if you can play GM with money freed up before the draft, who do you target? then draft. Ooh, this is kind of fun. So I can actually go over to some of our other slides if we want to talk about some of the prospects, like the tackle prospects, if we want to do that. Matt, what do you think? Sure. That sounds fantastic. We could talk some uh, free agency money. All right. Let's let's allow uh, Green Bean back from his uh, frozen hiatus so I can switch scenes here. Um, all right. So let's pull this down. We're going to talk a little prospect 
Uh, so one player I would like to see the Jets target, I really mm. like Tyron Smith a lot. He is a five-time All-Pro, only gave up one sack and 18 pressures on the season. I think this dude, if you can get him, now over uh PFF has his contract projected at one year 10 million. I don't I feel like it's gonna take more than that to lure him away from uh Dallas. But if you had to pay like one year 14 for your left tackle, I would do it. Or two years and, and change for Matt. What about you? Where are you feeling with uh Tyron Smith? Oh, okay. He's missed four, 13, six, and fourteen games over the last four years. I'm going to say no. I'm I'm out on 33-year-old injured tackles. I'm going to say no. Ooh, ooh, green bean. What do you feel I about guess, Tyron Smith? I would take him, but I do have the same fears Matt had. I got I'm leaning toward an, an another guy that I think so will be a Let's favorite. see if I might have a slide for him in terms of tackles. So who are you leaning towards green bean? Brown Brown. Okay, so let's pull him up. Trent Brown, he is left-right tackle for the New England Patriots. He has uh, a little bit of positional flexibility throughout his career. Three sacks, 17 pressures, only three penalties on the season. There were reports out of New England this year that had him habitually late to meetings and struggled to be motivated was what I've uh, come across. Now, I do like Trent Brown, everything outside of some of the comments that were made, and that gives me some, like, creepy, maybe Makai Becton vibes. I don't know if that's, like, you know, not right to say because Becton, you know, obviously a different uh, player, but I just don't want to see, like, effort be a, a concern here. Matt, how do yeah, you feel about – or I guess, Matt, Greenbean, you tell us a little bit about Trent Brown. Well, and, no, I, well look, I as far as – reports and all that who knows what's real and everything the guy's been dominant uh throughout his career like you said the thing i like about him is that he has true left right flexibility um he's been dominant at both positions uh he did miss games the last couple years which is a bit concerning and i didn't love that the raiders were willing to just kind of get rid of him i think it was the raiders right i always i confuse these things sometimes but um it was yeah he was on the raiders now as far as his injury history is concerned He's missed games. He missed one game this past year. Oh, no, sorry. Five games this past year. He didn't miss any in 2022. He had a calf strain that caused him to miss eight games the year before that. Uh, So there is some concerns with Trent Brown in terms of that. Yeah, so I think that's why they were kind of – oh, no, maybe not. No, wait. Um, Yeah, so uh, anyway, there's some concerns there, but he's 30. He'll be 31, I believe. Let me look. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so as far as Jets tackles are concerned, that might as well be fucking 18 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you so think I about... Matt, how are you feeling about Trent Brown? Not great. Uh, I, I don't want to keep being the De- the Debbie Downer. Um, I There aren't very... I don't think there's any tackles that I really, really like in this free agent class. I like the other New England tackle better on Wayne. Um, I think that's the route that. Oh, he has a clip for it. Look at that. He's got a slide, dude. I'm, oh, I'm on it. I'm with you, Matt. I'm 100% with you on on Wayne. He's played uh, tackle and guard. Probably someone you just want on the right side, but you'll take whatever. You need a tackle at on both sides of the ball. 
but I would rather go this route. He's younger. Uh, he just played his age 26 season. He turned 26 just uh, in December. So, you know, he's going to be 26 most of the next year too. Uh, I would on Wayne, who's probably my favorite tackle option, but my preference is to sign interior offensive linemen and have AVT at tackle. Ooh, so I actually agree with you on this. I would say on Wenyu is my favorite tackle in this class. I like that four penalties on the season. Sounds good to me. Three sacks given up, 23 pressures, not too bad. No contract talks. Apparently in December, he said they hadn't discussed anything. Now Belichick was on his way out, so that's not necessarily you know, damning at this point. They may have said, hey, we're going to let the new GM or whoever it is make a decision on our offensive line. But if he becomes available, four years, $58 million is what PFF is projecting his contract to be. He's interesting. I think he's fascinating to me, and I do think AVT is set to go out to tackle. It's just a matter of how you solve it in free agency, and are you going to have him be left tackle or right tackle? I think there's a, a little bit of flexibility in terms of where we're going to to play him. Greenbean, where do you feel uh, AVT ultimately ends up playing next year? I I think that you know, looking at the crop of tackles, um, it might they might want to do that. And they were talking about him being a tackle last year, just kind of moving to tackle and being a tackle. I think mm -hmm. AVT would be fine with that, monetarily speaking. Um, but I, like everybody says, it's not the position. I'm telling you, man, I'm a superstitious guy. Um, he played 16 games at guard. Every time, both two years in a row, we move him to tackle. He's injured a week or, you know, a couple weeks later. Um, I don't love it. I think there's bad juju to it. Uh, no matter what it is, I don't know why. I don't know what. I think there's bad juju. It concerns me to do that. That said, can he do it? Can he play it? Obviously, he can. I think that if he stays healthy, he'd be a fantastic option. Um, but it concerns the, the living hell out of me. And I really hope that they get some serious depth behind him, not just some you know, some Billy Turner-esque uh, option back there. I, I would love to see some real security this year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if that's the way you want to go, there there are more guards. The, I mean, you got guys like Jonah Williams, he's he's going to be, if he makes it to market, he's going to be, he's going to get a, a contract that's indicative of someone that's truly dominant. And uh, I don't know if he necessarily – deserves that. I don't dislike Jonah Williams. I like Jonah Williams. I like them coming out. I like Jonah Williams, um, uh, you know, overall, but I don't think that he's the guy. There he is. I don't see, I don't think he's the guy that should be getting the contract that he's going to get because he's kind of the guy coming out this year, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I fear that the Jets are going to go his way or Bakhtiari, and that would be a mistake in my opinion. I agree. I don't want Jonah Williams either at this point. I, I When I was doing my analysis on him, obviously left, right tackle, flexibility, eight sacks given up, so four less than Mekhi Becton. He had 41 pressures. That's nine less than Mekhi Becton, but like second most of the tackles that I looked at. He had seven penalties on the season. Now that's a third the penalties that Mekhi had. Mekhi had like 18 to 22, like insane. It's like, you know, he had some that were declined, some that were offset, things of that nature. But man, Jonah Williams is an interesting tackle because he he requested a trade prior to last year when they traded for Orlando Brown, and he did perform better at the right-hand side. And, and was he impacted maybe a little bit by the injury to Burrow, you know, if, if Browning isn't throwing the ball away as fast? I don't really know. 
necessarily I'd have to go in and watch a little bit deeper dive on him. But I would say I agree with you, Bean. I don't want to pay at like this much money for Jonah Williams, considering where we're we're going to be at. Matt, what do you feel about Jonah Williams? Uh, I'm going to keep on my hater train. I, I am not a, I'm not a Jonah Williams guy. I think he's a popular name because of he was a high pick. Uh, and he's still young at 26 like that, something that jumps out. But his sack numbers and penalty numbers are extremely high every year. So uh, I think he's going to cost you a lot of money, and I don't think he's worth it, unfortunately. I will well, say we, yeah. that his offensive line coach is none other than Frank Pollock, the guy that we had here during the Adam Gase years. Uh, and he's not necessarily the best. So maybe that has something to do with it. You know, maybe, maybe we get, look, we know who we have and we all believe very strongly that Keith Carter can make, you know, uh, diamonds out of turds, right? We all feel strong about that. We love Keith Carter. So we need to give Jonah Williams to him. That'll change everything. I think. Hmm. I see. I see. So we actually were going in order of our pro football focus rankings, uh, from their free agent list. Makai Becton is listed in between Mike and Wenyu and Jonah Williams. He has 12 sacks, 50 pressures, 22 penalties, obviously the two season ending injuries to the knee. Um, they're projecting his contract to be one year, $8 million. Matt, is one year, $8 million enough for you to say, you know what? I will roll the dice on Makai for another year, or are you kind of like, hey, let's split up at this point. Let's go to uh, different pastures. I, I am ready for a mutual breakup. Uh, you know, I think it's probably best for both sides to just move on. Um, I think I would take that $8 million and spend it elsewhere. Bean, what about you? Where do you feel uh, you know, your ranking as far as Becton goes? Would you want him here at all? Yeah, I would do it. I would, I would, I would do it, but I would say, you know, look, the first thing that I would do is I'd let him go see if he can get more, go out there and get more. And when you can't, here's our offer. Um, and then you can, can, you can compete for the job with the guys that we bring in. If you win, you win. And it's like that, you know, the best guy plays, that's the kind of thing I'd like to do with him. Um, but yeah, anything more than that, I, I wouldn't want to pay it. And if he can go get money elsewhere, then go take it, buddy. So one guy that I don't see brought up too frequently is Raiders right tackle Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, two years, $14.5 million is what Pro Football Focus expects his contract to be. His career earnings to date at 29 years old is $9.3 million. He gave up six sacks, so half of what Makai Becton did, 28 pressures, so basically half of what Makai Becton did, six penalties on the season, so basically a third, a little bit more than a third, less than Makai Becton. Now, I think you could get him. I do like his tackle and guard flexibility. I My issue is I think the Giants hiring the Raiders offensive line coach, they're going to have the inside track on Illuminor before the Jets do. Greenbean, have you done any research on Jermaine at all? He starts As you start to get down a little bit further, he's, he's a little bit lower on pro football focuses list. Yeah, he's... Um... Yeah, on spot track, he's he's like at 10. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really dug into him too much. I'm aware of him. Um, but, yeah, I didn't do any. I mean, I'm looking at your numbers. Looks 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 pretty okay. Looks Matt, better than what we've know, had. Seriously. Matt, do you know anything about Illuminor? 
I don't know a ton about him, but I do know that the offensive line coach, the former Raiders offensive line coach, uh, just signed on with the Giants. So if he was to leave the Raiders, I would circle the Giants as a team that uh, he could potentially be going to. But to be honest with you, he's not one of the names that has come up a ton uh, for me. So I can't really say that I know a ton about him. Yeah, I kind of fall in line with Matt as far as uh, that goes. I, I mean, I could bring up the Bakhtiari and I have an AVT slide if you guys want to take a look at that. Or we can go back to some more Super Chat questions. Um, I think we all kind of know basically what AVT and Bakhtiari sort of bring to the table. Um, so as far as getting a tackle, I would like to get a tackle in free agency, honestly, because I don't think AV, uh, I don't think Alt or Fashanu are going to be there. There is a shot, I think a, a shot, that Fashanu is not there. And it depends on what happens, because Arizona could take a tackle. They just lost uh, DJ Humphreys week 17 of the season, so that could be a need. The Giants could take a tackle. The Chargers could take a tackle. The Titans could take a tackle. The Bears could take a tackle. Like, there's a few, few teams at the top. Matt, do you think a tackle does fall to us, one of the top two, or you think it's going to be tackle three, and then maybe uh, some of the weapons. Um, I think it's possible. I would say coin flip chance that it happens. I think Tennessee takes a tackle. Uh, and in front of that, I don't think the Bears take a tackle. I don't think Arizona takes a tackle. The Bears at uh, nine. Not so much the Bears at one. Yeah, right, right. Um, okay. I, I don't. They 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 took Darnell Wright last year and he played really well uh, for them at tackle this year. So I think they'd go wide receiver before they would go back to the offensive line in the first round. Creamy, mm -hmm. do you think one of the tackles falls to us, or like how do you feel going into the draft uh, as far as like bringing in a tackle during free agency versus taking one in the draft? Do you think we just have to use a first round pick number ten on one, or are you kind of would you lean weapon like a Bowers and Odunze? you know, the field, yeah. whoever, or are you kind of tackle? Well, I'm, de I'm definitely on the tackle train, but mm -hmm. the thing is this, I, I, I'm kind of all, I'm kind of hot and bothered at this current phase with the idea of taking care of the tackle position in large part in free agency. So you can justify drafting a Bowers. Um, you know, I think that you can't, you know, you can't like re-sign Becton and have Max Mitchell and Carter Warren and go into the draft um, and draft Bowers in the first. I think that's sacrilegious almost. Like you just can't do that. Um, now, if you, you get were, like a Tyron, yeah. Smith, let's say you get a Tyron Smith yeah. or a Bakhtiari, like let's say an older, older left tackle, you're penciling him in over there. You've re-signed right. Becton as your right tackle. You have ABT as your emergency tackle. Is that a scenario that is... For me, I feel like you have to address tackle and wide receiver in free agency, so that way you don't look like you are dead set on a particular prospect at your pick at 10, because that's what winds up happening when the Steelers trade in front of you. Like, I want to hide that we necessarily need a tackle. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. No, you need to do that. And so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, like that scenario, let's say whoever, right, we get a legitimate left tackle starter. In free agency, you re-signed Beckton, you got Carter Warren, you got ABT that could play it. You know, you, you're, you're still developing Max Mitchell, and you can use your third on a tackle. You know what I mean? Um, you can do that. 
they'll they'll still be quality. It's not going to be the guys that you know are are turnkey, but you know you can you can find tackles in the third fourth round. You can, and um, so if you were doing that, then you can you can still draft a tackle in the first. But you could, like you said, it it opens up the options. It certainly disguises what it is that you might want to do. Um, but yeah, I would love to come away, you know, to do enough in free agency that we can come away with a Bowers, and then you know, and even if we like hypothetically, let's say we trade Huff. I know Rich Semini seems mm-hmm. to think that we're not going to do that, um, but we're going to trade. Think we're going to hold him, or do they think he's not going to be traded at all, and he's just going to walk? He's what I gathered was he thinks that he's a priority re-sign for the Jets and the Jets are going to trade somebody like Michael Carter the second or DJ Reed um to get that second round pick. Um I don't love I, that. I like I think that's dumb. I mean look, what are the week I think again, like I just I laugh all the time, you know, at these what I see are clear attempts to kind of stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Um that's I would what he's talking about. For a second. I would not I mean, even a third, if you could only get a third for him, I would trade him for the draft pick over getting rid of one of Reed or Carter. I feel like they're so cheap, it would be foolish to move them now. If you want to move them after next year and use them as a tradable chip in the event everything falls apart and you got to like kind of hit the reset, I would rather do that at that point and move Huff now because I don't think Huff's here long-term regardless. Right. Reed's going to make 10 million dollars this year, right? Uh, Carter is still on his rookie contract. Like it makes no sense to to do that, you know. Um, and then and then and that's a weaker group. You know what I mean? Like the defensive line is a strength. You dre- you used a number one pick to essentially replace or to mimic the production that you can get from a Bryce Huff as a pass rush specialist. At least that's the hope, right? Um, where they're who's coming in? Bryce Hall Who? and Eccles locked it down against Philly when Sauce and Reed were Bryce out. So think Bryce so Hall the, wants to keep being uh, the uh, inactive? No, no, no. I'm saying like if you it, like let's play devil's advocate here. If you wanted to move on from a DJ Reed, it might be more appealing because of how Hall and Eccles played. Like you might be able to resign Hall for like pennies on the dollar and then, you know, if you can get a, a high second round pick or something like that for for Reed, maybe that's the direction that he's kind of considering because of how well our non-starters played at that position does that that make sense i'm not trying to advocate for it i think no, it's stupid i, I want to keep reading <laughs> but i'm just I believe when i tell you i thought the same thing i think mm-hmm. bryce hall's been jerked around enough around here that he knows he can go somewhere and start without the baloney the politics even if we said that to him you know we clearly like Eccles more than hall we activate Eccles every week and hall's sitting on the bench uh with a sweatshirt on you know, um, so I mean, and it's like, and he's done nothing but play well. I mean, I know a lot of Jets fans don't love him for whatever reason. I think Hall's a very, very a quality cornerback. I don't think he's sauce or anything like that, but I think DJ Reed's clearly better than Bryce Hall. So if you're doing that, you're risking, um, you know, kind of chipping away at arguably the best cornerback trio in the NFL when your defensive line is overstocked. And you know what I mean? And it's like, and you're going to pay for, for Huff. I don't, I think it makes more sense to tag and trade Huff um, than it does to, to try to negotiate with Huff and trade a DJ Reed away. I mean, who's replacing, let's say it's Carter. Who's, who, who, who do we have replacing him? Oh. No, I think Carter stays in the slot. I think it would be Hall or Eccles that replaces a DJ Reed. If you, if you were to trade him, 
Um, Matt, as far as that goes, some of the thoughts that that I had just brought up in terms of Eccles and uh, you know Hall performing well without Reed and Sauce on the field, is there any thought to that, or like you, you kind of lean more trade Huff as opposed to trading Reed? So what's interesting about the Rich Samini article was he didn't necessarily tr- say trade one of those guys to recoup assets. He said it to clear cap. But do what you could also do. If you extend DJ Reed, it saves you $7.5 million this year. So how about let's not get rid of our good players and instead keep them for and pay them for playing well and also save money on the cap this year. I would much rather go that route and say, oh, well, you know, we, we, we can't figure out how to how to, you know, get get our cap number up and have more room to work with that. that I don't think the Jets should trade any of those guys that we just rattled off, especially in a year where you're supposed to be going for it. Right. 2024 is all about you're in a win now window with Aaron Rodgers. I don't I don't want to trade. I don't even want to trade Bryce off. I want to pay him and keep him. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I would second that with DJ Reed as well. In terms of restructuring, DJ Reed, Conklin, JFM, you can restructure these guys, save cap money. Jason from uh, Over the Cap released a, a chart that shows you the simplified restructure, which means it's a restructure that the team can do without any sort of input from the player. They just move money around. The Jets can basically get to like $64 million if they wanted to without cutting any players, without asking any players to take different money or to move things around. And then for a maximum contract, I think we can get up to like $72 million before cuts. So there's plenty of money to, to go around here to fix this team. Plus, we have like $100 million next year. I'm with you, Matt and Greenbean. I don't want to trade these guys. I'd rather pay our own players for the success they've had with our team. Uh, J-Boy comes in, says free agent wide receiver, draft left tackle, or free agent left tackle and draft wide receiver is the only way. Interesting. So I would say I like the free agent wide receiver class significantly more than the offensive tackle class. Now, I will say if you can get one of your top options at tackle, I would like to do that, but I think there's enough money to go after a top wide receiver as well. I think you can do both of them, and then you set yourself up for your big board heading into the draft. Like, in my mind, Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, but I would have Alt, Fashanu as my top two, then I would go down and I would say Bowers and Odunze would be my next two after that. And depending on if those two fall, then you start getting into this conversation of like, okay, do you trade down with a team that might want to come up for a quarterback? <laughs> and like, do you want to take Fuwaga at tackle three? He's going to play in the senior bowl. I think that's going to be a major stepping stone for him. I think if I were, if I were Fuwaga, I would play and practice at left tackle at the Senior Bowl because that gets your conversation into the top 10 with the New York Jets as opposed to only having your career at right tackle and then uh, maybe the Jets deciding, hey, we want to go with a, a wide receiver or a tight end instead. I'm good with either option, but I have a feeling Higgins could get tagged, Evans could get tagged, Pittman could get tagged, Ridley could get tagged, and then you start going down the list and it's like a little more cringy, so now you're talking Mike Williams, maybe a Keenan Allen. I think Patrick Sertan, a trade for him because of how the Broncos cap space is going to be affected by Russ Wilson, even if they designate him a June 1st cut, it's $40 million each of the next two years. So they're going to have to clear some cap space, and Sutton released a comment or a post that made it implied that he had played his last down in Denver. 
So whether that's via trade with a Zach Wilson or he's going to get cut and bring him in, we have his former wide receivers coach here. We have Nathaniel Hackett here. Maybe there's some type of connection there. I would love to get a Sutton in free agency combined with like, you know, a Mike and Wenyu from from the Patriots and then roll into the draft and truly go best player available at number 10 overall. Matt, your thoughts? I think that's a good plan because my initial, before you went into what you just said, which I think was fantastic, I was going to say we are going to have a significantly better idea for what the Jets are going to do in the draft in March, right? Like once you figure out, once they sign their first few guys, if they're still not a tackle on the roster, but guess what? They either traded for Devontae Adams or signed Mike Evans, D. Higgins, insert wide receiver here, where you're going to go, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to find a offensive lineman. And if they go out there and they pay a Tyron Smith, and then maybe they add uh, a guard or, or something and you go, Hey, you know, maybe it is going to be a uh, Roma dunes or someone like that. So, um, I, I think it's going to be contingent on what happens at the start of free agency. But I think in the most perfect world, you don't have to go into the draft with this major need. I'm just not sold. They're going to be able to fix both of those things in free agency. I think it's going to have to be a one and one. Green Bean, what about you? Are you feeling you got to do both in free agency and both in the draft? Or do you think that if you, if you had to narrow it down and you had to go wide receiver, then draft left tackle or left tackle and free agency, and then draft wide receiver. Is there a particular direction you want to lean? Yeah, I think uh, the the wide receiver free agent class, like you said, I mean, we're, we're going to lose some of them, like the Mike Evanses of the world. Um, I don't really see him hitting the market, but there's a lot of them, man. There's Tyler Boyd's out there. DJ Chark's going to be I like Boyd a lot. There. You know, I love Tyler Boyd. And I think, dude, he's number three on that team. Uh, I think he's a, a viable number two wide receiver. Um, but even it, even still, you know, like you, it doesn't mean that that's the only guy that, that you can bring in, but again, DJ Chark, uh, still did pretty well, um, with piss poor, um, you know, a team around him. you know, obviously the team struggled, uh, you know, this year significantly. And, and he's still, I think he's a quality guy. Like I'd love to see the jets come away with the T Higgins, uh, with a Mike Evans, you know, uh, with a Pittman. I love Pittman. Um, but you know, I think even coming away with the Tyler Boyd, I think that's a really like if they if they um, you know if they end up franchising T Higgins, I mean Boyd's going to wiggle free. Uh, I think you go after that guy, you know. Um, but I would I think there's significantly higher caliber wide receivers. It's it's such a deeper position in free agency this year. I really think the Jets should hammer. Uh, that like so if we can only do one you go wide receiver for sure the 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 first round the tackles it's deep enough that 10 you're gonna get you're gonna get Mims Fuaga Latham like you're gonna get one of those guys in my opinion and there's a slim very very slim chance that one of the top two can slide down I don't believe that's gonna happen but it's there's a chance it always um you know the the draft fools us every year um, so who knows? But I think that you can do that. Now, I would really love, like we were talking about, to see them grab a tackle and a wide receiver or two in free agency. Go into the draft without that desperation. We need, please slide to us. We need that guy. And then you can truly take, like, so if the tackles are gone, you can take Bowers. If Bowers and the tacklers are gone, you take Romo Dunes or Keon Coleman or any of these guys that that you like. Um 
So, you know, you you have that flexibility that you can take the best guy. You're not reaching for a guy that you have, you know, penned in as like the 20th player in the draft. But shit, he's the position we need and he's the last guy. And we got you don't want to get in that position. That's when you really run into a lot of trouble. So uh, I think we have options. But free agency, like Matt said, it's going to tell us a lot about what the draft is going to look like. But we got to be aggressive this year. We cannot be playing this Joe Douglas bargain bin bullshit. Wes Schweitzer as the premier fucking offensive lineman free agent that we bring in. Like, we can't do that this year. It's got to be real. And if, and if it is real, then the draft, we, we got a lot of flexibility. So I will say I disagree with both of you. I want free agency to not tell us what we're going to do during the draft because that means we did a good job hiding it. But I, I understand what you're saying. Um, DLB comes in and says, as much as I like him, Brock Bowers is going top eight. So right now, Tankathon has him as the fifth pick to the Chargers. I love if Brock Bowers goes in front of us because I think that means one of Fashanu or Alt is going to fall to us. Now, I'm totally cool with taking Bowers if they want to take him, but I think Alt and Fashanu prioritize themselves because of our left tackle need in the worst way. I would take either one of them with Alt having the edge, in my opinion. Matt, if Bowers goes at eight, do you think one of the tackles falls to us? Or top yeah. eight, do you think? I, I do, and I like bowers to the chargers i think that's a really good fit for them um and by the way i think he'd be a good fit on the jets i, I don't my preference is offensive lineman because i think there are there's going to be a good one there because i like fuaga a lot too like yep. even if the other two are gone i really like fuaga so i'm personally comfortable taking him in the top 10 but uh, if for whatever reason, like on draft night, we do the reaction stream, like always, if Brock Bowers is the pick, we're all going to be excited because that's a weapon for the 32nd ranked offense in the league. So, uh, I don't know how you couldn't be excited about it, but I do think he goes top eight and five to the chargers feels like a really good pick. Greenbean, what do you think about Bowers right now? You think he makes it to us or you think he's going like top eight? Well, I'll admit that I'm a I'm a smidge moist because I have spent the last two days really bugging out on Brock Bowers. Interestingly enough, you want to know what it? It's been Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey for me uh, the last two days. I've been really digging into these fellas. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, so I'm a little bit tilted right now you know when you you do that throughout the process you kind of fall in love with these guys you you know you bug out on them then you start spreading it out and they and then and it simmers a little bit but um again i think it's really predicated on what we do i agree with matt like i i tackle has to be the priority offensive line in general man has to be the priority i got no problem with stacking the 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 interior like we need offensive linemen on this team we need to be two rows deep with some development behind them like we need an offensive line that we can depend on and feel confident in if we do good work in free agency you can take a bowers if he slips to us i have a hard time believing that guys like here's the guys i don't think the quarterbacks there's going to be three quarterbacks in my opinion that go top 10 part probably top five um with some trading and you know uh, you know potentially but i see that i see i always want to call him uh uh jones drew uh it's a stupid thing Marvin <laughs> harrison <laughs> uh jr is going to be gone right i think joe walton fashano were gone so that's that's six players right now you got 
The rest, it's like who? What does a team need? Who do they love? I can see Fuaga going in that in that top ten before us. I can see Mims going before. I can see um, a couple other wide receivers, Hardy neighbors. Yeah, neighbors. What did I say? Hardy neighbors. I meant uh, neighbors and Odunes. I think we'll go the next two after um, uh, Marvin Harrison. But then Bowers is in that mix, man. I mean. We saw Kyle Pitts get taken fourth overall just a handful of years ago. Um, you know, it's not beyond what's what we could realistically see. And I think Bowers is that special type kind of player that teams are going to look at and go, why would I draft a wide receiver when he can do everything that the wide receiver I'm looking at can do, plus he can block, plus he can run the ball, plus this guy can be – he can even play fullback. I mean, the guy's – you know, he's a special guy. So um, I think that a team that's looking in that weapon direction could be very, very enticed uh, by Bowers. So I would have a hard time believing. I think he's one of the guys that isn't there at 10. So fun question. Elon came in and mentioned this the other night on one of my streams. He said, would you trade Bryce Huff and the number 10 pick for number five overall? Or would you want to trade Huff for a second round pick and sit at 10? So you're basically guaranteeing yourself Joe Alt at five or like with, with by trading Huff or you take a second round pick and possibly miss on the top two tackles and get a second round pick. Matt, I'll throw it to you yeah. first because this is an interesting question for me. Yeah. Um, I don't love having to do it, but I guess trading him to get into the top five would be my preferred route of the two. Yeah, I think that's probably where I would fall as well. As I do a little bit more research, maybe I'll start feeling a little more, a little bit better towards the second round. I feel like the second round pick you would get for Huff is going to be a late second to a playoff team. So, like, is the tackle or wide receiver you get there worth it versus whatever you get at number 10? Greenbean, what do you think? Would you trade Huff for the second or would you trade Huff for the fifth pick to guarantee mm. yourself alt? It's an interesting question, everybody, but let me say this. If Joe Douglas, if we won the last game and we now have to trade up uh, one of our beloved players to get to that damn right in that neighborhood that we would have been in already, I want you to know I'm not going to shut up about it until game one. Of this, Dude, of this I was season. bitching about the whole the, the whole draft pick thing for, since the Washington game. The, we, if we lost Washington, we lost New England. We got the two pick, and now you're talking three first round picks to trade down to the ten pick. That's why I was oh so God. salty after the Washington God. game. Do you, do you see how political I tried to be with this? Did you you tried see to be how good, and then you got me jaded. I tried so hard. You guys know I lean toward tank. And that's once we're mathematically limited. Until we are, I want to win, 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 win. I don't care about our chances. 1%. I want to win the game and try. But once we're out, I want to, I want the draft pick. But I played it all. I was I split it down the middle. I I respect you. I respect you. And it's fine. If we now have to use Bryce Huff. To get to where we are, I'm going to say now, is that worth fucking beating the Patriots the last no. game of the year? No. And so I say, just on optics alone, dude, I say no. <laughs> I'd rather have the second. Take and Lad McConkey in the second, and we're going to be fine. That's the way to do it. 
be pissed. Matt, you got anything to add to that? No, I mean, I'm, I don't want to trade Bryce Huff in general. So, um, it's, if it's either just trade him for the second or you package him and your pick to get up, I, I guess moving up is the move, but I, I don't, I'm not in a rush to, to trade a 25 year old, 26 year old stud pass rusher. Who's going to be great somewhere else. Yeah. I concur. Blitzkrieg says TB 12 and Aaron would not allow him to be late talking about, uh, Trent Brown, he comes in and says, we draft in signing two or three offensive linemen starters. So I, let's talk a little bit about offensive line uh, more than we've already been talking. But we've got AVT locked in. We've got Tittman locked in. So those are two players that have positional flexibility, AVT at tackle and guard, Tittman at guard and center. I would love to bring back McGovern for $1.9 million or whatever we signed him to last year. If he has to play center because that's what makes Aaron Rodgers feel comfortable because Tittman's still young and Tittman has to kick out the guard and AVT is either the other guard or a tackle, I'm cool with that. Yep. And then you start talking about what happens in the draft. If 10 is going to be your right tackle, then you have, you know, AVT as an option at guard or tackle. You have your rookie and then you have your center and your other guard figured out. Um, or you go wide receiver. I don't know. I'm fascinated to see what we wind up doing here. Matt, what do you think our internal offensive line might look like based on who we have here right now? Yeah, I'm with you on wanting to bring back uh, McGovern. Schweitzer is under contract for next year, which I, I like, by the way. I'm not as a starter, but I think he is basically what Nate Herbig was to last year's New York Jets. Or- yeah, 2022 is New York And he Jets. knows how to snap the ball. He's a center. So him, McGovern, and Tittman are all center guard hybrids. Cor- correct, correct. So I, those three being my three guys on the on the interior, and specifically Schweitzer and McGovern for depth, I'm comfortable with. Um, Connor, uh, Con- Connor, Carter Warren, excuse me, I am comfortable with as a swing tackle. I didn't see enough to say I am confident in him being a starting right tackle. I don't think that would be a very wise plan. Um, really soured on Max Mitchell. I think he's probably back this year because, like, if you cut him, is it worth freeing up like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever the the money is? So maybe he stays. But they they got they got some options. I think the interior is going to end up having more depth than than tackle is. Greenbean, what about you? How do you feel about our current stable of offensive linemen? And do you think McGovern comes back? How do you think we kind of maybe shift players around based on what might be available via the draft and free agency? Well, let me say this. Um, I feel like Matt just said a whole bunch of stuff that I agree with. Number one, I'm not loving Max Mitchell right about now. Um, but I also, he's crazy young and who knows, right? I think he's been one of those guys that has, was, was catapulted into the lineup before he was supposed to be and all that, who knows, but you, 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 you don't give up on guys like that early. You know, you can, you can stash him. You can be the third guy or whatever. I like Carter Warren. I think Carter Warren showed some, some good stuff. He, you know, we got something there, I think, um, hopefully, um, but um, Matt, Wes Schweitzer, I, I must admit that I don't put him in the same class as Herbig. I, I think I would love to 
to I, – I don't think he's terrible depth, but I would love to improve upon that. Here's what I remember from Wes Schweitzer in particular, and this is just indicative of my entire – the, the whole thing in one play. There was one play where Wes Schweitzer was literally on his back – and because he was, which is very, very bad for offensive linemen. If you're it's new like to turtle. the game, it's very, very bad when your offensive lineman is either on his ass or on his back. Bad. Back bad. But not only was he completely friggin' steamrolled, he reached up and held. And to me... I just, I, I don't know, man. I, and there was a lot more of that, but I just don't love him. I, I'd like to improve on Wes Schweitzer. Blitzkrieg comes and says, give Aaron relationship and time removed from injury. Give, uh, would give Becton a one-year prove-it deal, same system and coach changing too many starters. So I'm like very, I don't know if I could be talked into Becton. And let me pull up, uh, I want to pull up, Becton's stats again because of how just astronomically like awful they were. Uh, so Blitzker, let me hide this comment real quick. 12 sacks, 50 pressures, 22 penalties. That is double the amount of penalties as anyone else I was really looking at. That is nearly double the amount of pressures outside of Jonah Williams. And that is three times the amount of penalties as Jonah Williams. So like, it's really hard for me to consider Becton as like a person I want to bring back, especially with Keith Carter here. I don't think you're getting more out of Makai Becton with Keith Carter. If you had traded Keith Carter or got rid of Keith Carter and you want to say, okay, Becton under new leadership, maybe that creates some type of, of bonus potential. I don't know how much upside there is with Becton at this point. And I see another comment in here, so I'll throw it up right now. Uh, John says, is it possible to re-sign Becton and move him to left guard? Matt, what are your thoughts on Becton possibly playing a different position or even just bringing him back in general? Um, not a fan of bringing him back. I'm happy that I, I want to start here. I'm happy that he was mostly healthy this year, that he played 16 of 17 games. Like for him individually, I think that is, that is a major win. Uh, I, I just think it's better for both parties to move on. I think it was kind of a tough go on, on both sides because the Jets were relying on Makai Becton and, you know, he missed essentially two years and for Becton, I mean, he dealt with a lot. So a fresh start, I think would be good. I think he's too big to play left guard. I, I don't know if that's going to be a good transition uh, for him. I think he's better suited um, at tackle, but um, in a different system, maybe. Greenbean, your thoughts on bringing back Makai Becton and having him either be left guard or just coming back as, you know, maybe a cheap prove it deal for a tackle? Well, let me say this we haven't even seen Connor McGovern play guard and he's played guard in the NFL. I don't know this other than AVT, this staff doesn't seem too excited about flopping guys around. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit with Tipman, but overall, like you don't see it's it's more out of necessity and stuff like that. I don't know if they're they would even consider uh, moving Mackay Becton to the inside. That all said, you know what I'm looking for, Ryan? Maybe you can find this. I was looking for like game logs um for his sacks penalties all that i can see so i can the... tell you right now without uh looking at it that makai becton had six of his 12 sacks in the first 11 games then he got hurt and then from week 
12 or no, sorry, week 13. He missed one game week 13 on. He had six additional sacks. I'm not entirely sure on his uh, pressures. I'd have to go back and look at that, but I know his penalties. It was heavily skewed at the beginning portion of this year while he was playing at right tackle. I want to say he had like five or six penalties in the first two weeks. Um, but I have it up. You want the numbers, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yes, let's, let's see it, Matt. I'm just curious to see. Because I remember like after the injury, he looked like he was toast. Where before he looked competent. Like he was struggling. He had his, but he looked, to me, it looked like he like, it was completely different after the injury. But I could be wrong. So I'm very curious. It, okay. So Ryan is spot on with the penalties early on in the year. He had five in the first two games. No sacks allowed at that point. But then from weeks three to week eight, which is the giant game, he went one, two, three, four, five games in a row with allowing a sack. He gets hurt and misses the game in week 12, Come back, comes back against Atlanta, plays pretty well, one penalty, one pressure, no sacks. And then from week 14, the Houston game on, it goes off the rails five pressures and three sacks against Houston with a penalty, um, five penalties against Cleveland, three penalties against Washington. Um, and let's see, five, six sacks after the injury happened also. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not a great season by Mackay back then. It, it, I don't know how many, I could see sacks and pressures maybe alleviated by having an Aaron Rodgers in there. But I don't know if mental mistakes are necessarily going to improve with a different quarterback behind that offensive line. Like, I still feel like Mekhi Becton, is he false starting because he doesn't feel like he's fast enough to get those speed rushers? Or is he just like, you know, just can't handle it? I feel like the penalties are more alarming than really all the other. I mean, the other stats aren't looking good either. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. out. On and Mekhi you look Becton. at the penalties like in Cleveland, like he was manhandled in Cleveland. That game, I mean, it looked like you need to get this guy out of there. Like, that's how bad it looked to me. I mean, the inside move left Becton like he was like running to the left. You know what I mean? Just take one step to your right, and Becton's he was falling that way. And, and you know, like, and then he would have to hold. It was like, I mean, he looked completely uh, outmatched in that game, um, just as one you know, kind of peak to the substitute. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not um, I'm not high on him right now. I don't want a pencil in his daughter. I would have zero issue bringing him back um, to compete. And then like, think about having Becton as your backup. You know what I mean? Instead of like fucking 40-year-old Dwayne Brown. Well, Turner. I think it's interesting. Like, let's say you get like uh, some sort of left tackle in free agency that's not named Makai Becton, and you say, Makai, you're gonna we're gonna re-sign you for six to eight million dollars. We're gonna pencil you in as right tackle right now, and then maybe you draft a Fuaga or you draft a Latham or you draft someone like that. So now you have the the high risk guy in Tyron Matthew, or uh, sorry, not Tyron Matthew, Tyron Smith, or uh, maybe a Bakhtiari. And then you have Becton, who can play left or right tackle. You drafted someone like Fuwago, who right now is playing right tackle. Maybe he tested out over at the Senior Bowl at left tackle. And then you have AVT, and now you have four guys that could play tackle before you get to Carter Warren. I, I think there's a way for Becton to come back, but it's you'd have to like maneuver in a way that like, oh, we got someone that we like more at a particular tackle spot, and you're more so insurance. But it's 
I lean more towards passing on him than anything else. Tom comes in with a super chat. Tom says, does anybody really think we can go with Lakin again? He needs to go. So I agree. Lakin's far overpaid for the production we've got. I will say this about Lakin. He has been healthy and consistent at the very least. I would hold on to him through August and have him as a final cut because the money we save from Lakin is the same regardless of if we cut him in March versus if we cut him in August. Now, the only difference is that it's post June 1st and you save more cap this year by cutting him. But overall, the dead cap hit or whatever you save is ultimately the same. I would rather have him be the benchmark for a rookie or for another depth piece to have to beat him out and then cut him then cut him in March purely for the cap savings perspective. When you have an offensive line that needs healthy starters, worst case scenario, Lakin's here if you can't solve it. That's that's my take on it. I want to improve from him, but I wouldn't cut him until training camp. Matt, your thoughts? Um, I think the New York Jets should absolutely move on from Lakin Tomlinson because, as you said, he is nowhere near worth the money that he's getting paid. And yes, you would have to take on a dead cap hit if you cut him. It would still save you some money, but um, I think it would free up, what, like $8 million? You could probably find two serviceable starting caliber guards with that money. Like, you could find starting guards for, for 4 to $7 million, and uh, he's getting paid like an elite level guard, and he's not. He is maybe on his best day an average guard, and most of this year was below average, unfortunately. So my question to you, I guess, is is the cap that we're saving from Lakin, uh, would holding on to him impede us from getting more players, or could we hold on to that cap hit until training camp to allow someone that we've brought in to compete to actually beat him out? Or do you think his cap hit is like the cap is needed so much that it's it's worth foregoing him as a healthy tackle because the field is better than whatever we've gotten from Lakin to this point? The field is better. I think. Okay. I, I think. Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say I think you are at absolute best case scenario. Everything goes okay. He's like, uh, okay starter, and I, I don't think it's worth it. Greenbean, I want to ask you, do you think there's any possibility that because of how poor Makai Becton played at left tackle, could that have impeded Lake and Tomlinson? And would you be in favor of holding on to him through training camp or and not through, but like until training camp when someone beats him out? Or do you want to cut him and save the cap space at the immediacy of like the start of free agency? Well, here's my question. You can it, it, do we have anybody else that we want to wait until June 1st to cut? You know what I mean? Well, you like, can designate so, two guys as June first cut. So you you could right. deem Lakin as that if you wanted to. My thing is that you just don't have to you don't have to cut him because you save the same amount of money whether he's cut in March versus cut in August. Right. I'm just curious as to if there are other players that 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 June first designation benefits us more. Um, so I'd have Probably to like a Uzama. I mean, really, the only players I think we're going to cut are like Uzama. Tomlinson, Bowden, and then I, I kind of struggle after that. Like, I don't really want to move on from, like, a JFM or anything like that. I would hold on to him. Yeah, me too. Is, Matt, um, is there so, anyone that you've come across that you would cut? And then we'll go back to Bean. Not anyone that's going to save you a ton of money. Like, I don't know, there's fringe roster guys. Like, is Clemens, it a guarantee? Maybe. I was going to say, a guarantee that Michael Clemens is on the roster next year? Now, I'm not actively saying oh, you have to cut Michael Clemens. 
uh, it frees up 800 grand, but he doesn't really have a position anymore. He's kind of too small to be on the interior and he's too big to be on the edge. And he's had a lot of penalties in big spots this year uh, and on special teams too. So who knows? Maybe, maybe that's a, you know, roster casualty. So Bean, if you want to finish your thoughts. That all said, I think that if Lakin needs a dominant player to, you know, like next to him, like a Trent green or whatever the hell, he, Trent you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but what's the guy in, in, uh, I've just fried man, but my, um, the guy in the, in the Niners that he played next to what's, what's Oh, so name? Trent Williams, Trent Williams, not green. Mm. Trent green was, Tyron a Smith was the number two overall pass block grade this entire year. So, yeah, but I, yeah, but I'm just saying like, if that's what he needs, then screw this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, now, Becton if it's not bad, bad, like that's the thing. Like Becton was yeah, like, but, Lakin was, was even worse with uh, Dwayne Brown and, and everybody. You know what I mean? He was worse the year before in 2022. I mean, it, or at least that's bad. So yeah. I don't know. This guy, yeah, I just, like you said, I mean, it's like it doesn't make sense to me. He's being paid as an elite level guard and he's really kind of trash. The value to him is that he's healthy. That's what we're talking about. And I think, uh, you know, just kind of revamping this line. That all said, man, I, I'm not so – I just don't love the confusion on the line. Like that to me is a, is, is a, is a coaching issue. Like they can't – like our guys look like bona fide confused out there. And it's been, it's been the whole season. So I don't know. That's like I don't know how much – I don't know, man. I, I think you need real studs. I think you need real depth, and we got to just start there. Um, I think, like you said, you know, if we push them to June 1st and make sure we have somebody to replace them that we're happy about, that's one thing. But I think the Jets, you know, we see it all the time. You know, they'll be like, oh, we wanted to give them a chance to find a new team. And, you know, they, like, think like that. Mm. They're like nice guys, which <laughs> can't be. Uh, penalty poo comes in with a super chat. Thank you so much for the $10 spot. And then he follows it up because he had retracted it with why is offensive line coach Carter still employed by the New York jets? I, it's a great question. I think it is going to hurt us from a recruiting standpoint. I think there's players around the league that are looking at MetLife's turf and saying, I don't like, uh, the fact that guys are getting hurt over here. I don't like the high taxes. I don't want to be in the city. I'd rather go to the field like somewhere else in the NFL, and then Keith Carter is a real douchebag. I don't think I want to play for him. And those are all chips stacked against us, and we don't have a crazy, crazy ton of caps. So we're going to have to overpay for, like, mediocre to, like, not great offensive linemen in free agency, and I don't love it. I agree Carter should be bounced. Matt, your thoughts? Uh, I can't spot a lie. There, the, No lies detected. I don't think he's good at his job, and I think he's divisive, which is uh, not what you want when you're trying to find three new starters on the offensive line. Greenbean, your thoughts on Carter? Which leads us to the draft. Guys that you just lasso and corral and they can't leave. Those are the guys that you need. I mean, right, we saw all that stuff, um, you know, written about. And then Becton chimes in because he can't shut his – face for uh five seconds um he says truth or facts or whatever the hell he said he, he uh, said that second paragraph is a hundred percent facts <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like, dude, like people got to realize, like you realize other people can see this shit, right? Like you've got right. analysts like narrowed down at the likes of different people to the point where, uh, you know, Jamal Adams liked a tweet from Boy Green and maybe Jamal Adams is coming back as a New York Jet. Like I bet going to drop a comment about his coach. I, I know. It's a crazy thing. I think I think that's an when when I saw that that to me was an indicator that any chance Makai Becton it's over. Like you know again like would I bring him back? Yes. Do I think he's going to come back? I don't. You know I think it's over. I think that the Jets didn't really this Sala regime they didn't like Becton from the get go. He was there out of necessity. Interestingly enough, they weren't even going to give him like what was their other plan? Like they were like they kind of made him really work for it, which is fine. But it almost seemed like they didn't want him to to win. Who fucking who was winning it? Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, who who were you planning on? being our our right tackle Dwayne Brown he's going to be hard to beat really you do know that he is uh literally injured at the moment you're saying this he hasn't played or trained or practiced or anything it's like it's I don't know what this team I but anyway I just don't think Beckton's coming back um and I think that he knows it which is why it's okay to say that in my opinion after that that's what he thinks so John comes in and says, is it possible uh, Becton is resigned and moved to guard? We did talk about that uh, earlier. I think I did throw that comment on the screen. Sneakers and Boots comes in and says, Huff better not be Abraham 2.0. Come on, JD, pay up. Um, I would totally be okay if Huff wound up being Abraham 2.0 because that means we got a decade-long offensive lineman that we all love. So for me, as much as I do agree with what Sneakers to Boots in theory is saying, I would take the the ten year offensive lineman that we love over where Huff is right now because we've already made the selection of Will McDonald and and that's more my thought process. Uh, Greenbean, I'll throw this one to you first. What do you think? Uh, what if Huff becomes Abraham two and we trade him to get the offensive lineman? Number one, as much as I like Huff, I don't think he's John Abraham. So there's that sneakers to boots. I think the sentiment of what you're saying, I totally get it. Um, but like Ryan said, I mean, if we should be so lucky to trade Bryce Huff and get a, you know, an 11 year Hall of Fame level center, I'm going to be OK with that. The The difference, too, is that we have pass rushers on the team right now. When we traded Abraham, it was it was because we were switching defenses and and uh, and Mangini didn't really have a spot for him. You know, that whole thing. And or was it man? Yeah, I've, forgive me, but it, it was a defensive change and some other things and the fact that they were pissed at him and all that. But it's like, you know, we didn't have anybody really to speak of. It was a different, like it left a vacuum. Huff leaving, it, it sucks, but I wouldn't call it a vacuum right now. You know what I mean? We have studs uh, sprinkled around that defensive line, both on the interior and exterior. Um, so I think it's a little bit less of a hit right now. If it's If there's a time to do it, it's now. That's it. I don't want to trade Huff. I like Huff. And I and I think it's, you know, it sucks that the Jets seem to be, you know, one of the only teams that when we get good players, the only way we can get the capital to round out the team is to trade them. Like, we just don't know how to, like, draft, build, develop good players 
and then stack on it with good players. We don't know how to do that. We need, oh, we have a hole. We have no second round pick. But why not? Eh, we traded for Aaron Rodgers, you know. But now we got to trade an edge rusher and, you know, to get that. But we need an edge rusher to trade up to fucking five spots in the first round to get the position that we need because we suck and we lose the last two weeks of the year every year. And, you know, it's like all this stuff. Like, can we just have good players, pay good players, and bring in more good players? Like, why can't we do that? Everybody else seems to be able to do that. So it's aggravating nonetheless. But, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, if there's a time to do it, now is the time to do it. Matt, trading Huff and having him become Abraham 2.0, would you do it? No, because you're you're adding in the Nick Mangold uh, pin. Of course. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's, an that's part of the Abraham trade. Yeah, you traded absolutely. Abraham. You got Mc, you you got uh you know the offensive lineman. If you could, I don't know. Like, you'd have to you have to hinge it on something because just trading away Abraham, yeah, it doesn't feel as bad because you got got Mangold. So if you trade Huff, I mean, even if it's not a Mangold, if you got a player that you like for the next ten years, is that worth it or is Huff more valuable right now? I guess, I guess that makes it worth it, but I just I don't want to live in a world where we have to trade our good players for seemingly no good reason. Mm. All right, all right, that's valid a uh, valid response. Main catch comes in and says, "You three are the best. Pump for next season. Hopefully, I will get to go to my first Jets game next year and meet you guys. We are going to plan to go to the home opener. I believe that's what we have kind of agreed on, and it's just a matter of if it's going to be week one or week two and who that opponent is ultimately going to be. So, main catch." When we know, we'll let you know so you can come hang out with us because we had a great time at the Jets-Chargers game even though we wound up losing. Oh, yeah. Tailgate Joe will do the Cyclone. We're going to do the whole weekend, everybody. So for all you guys traveling in, like the main catch, we're going to have a blast the whole weekend. It's going to be good times. O'Leary, anything to add to that? I saw you, like, start to talk. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's my it's my favorite. Unfortunately, they haven't won when we've been in the building which is the next step here but we always have a blast we we talk every the three of us and and the chat too we talk every single week we feel like we you know know each other so well but we don't get to see each other in person uh as much and it's awesome to put a face to the name so i always look forward to it even if the jets do lose it's fun like having people come up to us and be like hey i'm like you know knocks your socks off 25 like oh wow i you know now i know who you are and there's a face to the name or you know whatever it's it's pretty funny so when you guys go to a game let us know because it is fun to to actually meet you guys out there uh we've got sam coming in says do you think we are so caught up with drafting offensive linemen neighbors and bowers are so much more valuable so sam i agree with you i i lean more towards the weapon at number 10 then I do the offensive lineman outside of Alton Fashanu. Alton Fashanu are my top two guys. And then after that, Bowers, I don't think Neighbors makes it to us, but neighbor, uh, Bowers and Odunze, those two guys, I would be tickled pink if we found a way to get them. But I, you have to be able to solve offensive line and free agency before I would sign off on that particular type of pick. I think if you don't, if you don't get the free agent offensive lineman, I almost feel like you have to go with a Latham a Fuwaga or a Mims at that point in time. Matt, your thoughts on being so caught up with offensive line that you might pass on a better weapon. It's a legit concern, but it also, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I've said it a few times already. You, you got to wait until, until March. Like they might be in a spot where 
they can't take a neighbors or bowers because they haven't really addressed that need and then it's like okay well shit this is what you have to do and you're going to take your best one there like uh, in a perfect world, you want to be able to take just you know the the best player. But if you have an obvious need, then it would be naive to pass up that obvious need in that spot. No, I agree. Greenbean, your your thoughts on being so caught up with offensive line that you pass on a, a you know maybe an elite weapon. The only way it's a problem is if you're getting a lesser offensive lineman and passing up like a potentially great weapon, right? Um, like Matt just said, I, th I think this is what Matt was saying is that the need is offensive line, dude. Like the quarterback can't do a damn thing. The weapons are rendered neutral. Um, if you don't have an offensive line, it's just, I mean, it's that simple. Our offense, our offensive line <clears throat> has struggled at best since shit. 2015. Bold? Yeah. Yeah. Since we lost Mangold and Brick, really, that was like the last time we had any sort of semblance of an O-line. Saddest thing in the world, man. We've had good offensive lines here. You know, you got to go out and you got to spend some money. You got to get some mean studs in here, some quality guys. Then we can see, then we can entertain the weapon. If you don't, you, I'm sad to say, you got to get a tackle in the first round. The good news is they're there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Blitz Crew is a champion right now, and I forgot to make the new audio clip for uh, Green Bean on your comment last week. It was at minute 8.39. He says, you make the new sound effect from Green Bean recorded from last night. Uh, last week, I think it was 8.39, Milk Thumbs. So first off, mm. Milk Thumbs. 400 people in here. We only have 130 likes. Make sure you hit those milk thumbs if you're enjoying the program. Uh, as far as the audio clip, I don't quite remember exactly what it was, but I remember giggling about it and telling everyone that we need to remember that particular point in time. So now that I have written down the timestamp, um, I'm going to go back. And I want to say it was something along the lines of like. Oh, I have it. I have it if you want to know. Yes, I would love to know. Okay, so at twenty at the twenty eight minute mark, which might be around eight thirty nine p.m. of last ah. week, what uh, Screw okay. was saying, he says, "Scoodly doodly do" or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, skittledy do, skittledy poo, or whatever the uh, okay. So we'll, we'll go back and find that audio clip so we can actually throw it in. Uh, for next week, Dylan comes in and says, I think we're so dead set on going all in next year that we're missing out on long-term development. Dylan, that's the fear and the, the repercussions that come with having a hot seat GM and a hot seat coach. They need to be all in next year because they do not have contracts beyond next season. So if they want to keep their jobs, you better start winning. And that's why like, there's a little bit of concern. Are they going to spend money in future years? Are they going to spend draft picks in future years? Because they're not going to be here to have to deal with the repercussions of it. So Green Bean, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, do you think we should be looking at long-term development? Or do you think because of the contract situation with both Salah and Douglas, we're kind of pigeonholed into this particular win-now window? Well, I think that we're going to see that because of their kind of lame duckish status, but I think the pigeonhole is really Aaron Rodgers. And the problem, Dylan, is not that we're foregoing the long-term deal, you know, long-term scenario. It's that last year didn't treat it like it was a all, all in. 
We we didn't. I mean, drafting Will McDonald was foolish. Again, whatever he ends up being, he could be our favorite player next year. We don't know. But it was a foolish pick. You can have Anton Harrison or any number of players that would have helped us immensely this year um, instead of Will McDonald, who played 19% of the snaps and, and did very, very little, right? Um, so I think it's not so much... You know, like, look, when when we went and traded for Aaron Rodgers, remember the flight 23 or whatever, uh, the first one jet drive? Of course I do. Oh, Matt and I were on it. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> so, oh, my God, he's fucking here. Yeah, everybody's so excited. <laughs> and we needed to treat uh, – dude, the, the second we did that, long-term is not, the, is not the sauce. It's not the recipe anymore. Now is the recipe. We, brought, we, we went and got a 39-year-old quarterback. We have a young team. We have Brees and Garrett and Ruckert and uh, Quinnen and Quincy and Sauce and all the guys. They're all young, dude. Jermaine, plenty of young guys for the future. We needed to take all of our guns and point it at the present moment, and we didn't. We blew it last year. We kind of wasted this year, and it's a, and it's an absolute travesty. This year, they had better have learned from that mistake they need to go all in the only thing i don't want to see is the concern that ryan brought up a few weeks ago which is using the next couple years draft capital to to kind of embolden their position now their aaron Rodgers, their jobs all that stuff we cannot go into 2025 with no first no second that kind of stuff um we need to spend our money spend it to the last penny on getting you the guys that you need in here and do everything you can in the draft to get guys that can play and contribute on any level right now and at positions that we need. And it had better be skewed offense. We start drafting linebackers and, and fucking defensive linemen in the first couple of picks. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very upset. We can't do that, man. We can't, it's gotta be offense. That's our problem. All of our, resources should go to offense and then obviously securing safety and getting some mid-tier guys for rotation and defense. O'Leary, talk to us. Tell us about the long-term uh, development. So here would be not necessarily that Dylan is saying that, but I'm going to play the other side because you were talking about the fear of going all in. For instance, there's a lot of people who want the Jets to take a quarterback at pick 10 to have them sit behind Aaron Rodgers to do this the right way, right? Like, that's something that we hear a lot. You, the Jets shouldn't be passing up on the quarterback because they don't have a long-term contingency plan, and then they could sit him behind Rodgers, and you could do this the right way. The, what if you do, well, let's play the game. What if they do that? They take the quarterback at pick 10. They do the future long-term development plan. But then Aaron Rodgers is a shell of himself. The Jets go eight and nine. They miss the playoffs, and Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are fired. Then you have a first-round quarterback who, whatever regime you are hiring, they didn't draft that kid. So do they want that guy? So you're probably not going to get the cream of the crop guy at either head coach or GM because they always are going to want to pick their guy, and they're going to be forced to have this kid, whoever you're drafting, at 10. So you're kind of in the stinks, but you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Like if you go all in, you then you're risking the future and saying, well, if this doesn't work out, then you're screwed for the future, which is true. But then it's 
hedge your bet and try to protect yourself for the future and it doesn't work out and then you fire everyone anyway then what's the difference because they, they're not going to want that quarterback anyway so you're kind of screwed yeah i would agree i don't want to go quarterback earlier in this draft uh ron comes in what's up ron thank you for the super chat says hey fellas i believe sweetest of balls opened for millie vanilli in the 80s <laughs> That way you gotta you gotta put that comment in there closer to when I say this ridiculous things that I say. You can't wait an hour. That is I forget what I said. I think I said something about it. I think it was the Jordan Love section of the show. I said (laughs) balls. Boys and girls, we have reached the final portion of our show. Make sure you hit that like button. I'd love to see this get over 200 likes right now. We're sitting around 400 viewers. Uh, but under 160 likes at this particular point in time. Greenbean, how many uh, contestants do we have from our Super Chats? And Matt, can you head over to last week's stream and let's grab our timestamps? Gotcha. Yeah, currently, we're sitting at 19. Ooh. Okay, Greenbean, tell me when you're ready. I'll start rattling off some names. How many do we got, Matt? Are we I'm doing ready? We could do There's enough to do all of them. It, it's not let's- an overwhelming number let's do all of them for guys if you want to get in on our jersey t-shirt baggage claim giveaway for next week all you got to do is leave a time-stamped comment below this video at one of your favorite points in time maybe it was a discussion topic a funny thing that happened and then you'll get entered into next week's jersey t-shirt mug pillow giveaway o'leary take it away. first up we got our guy fbjt all right good man Num- number two we got james falls there he is. Number three is Stax Max. All right. Phil the Jet Adams. Good guy. Yeah. Ryan King. Ah, great guy. Big fan of Ryan. Yeah, he's Strong the best. Man. Pure Imagination. That's the scoodly doodly do timestamp, by the way. Oh, good man. Between you and Blitz Crew, hooking it up, <laughs> reminding us. You got Lycan Biken, I think. L Y C A N B Y A K U G A N. Hmm. Interesting. Wait. E Y what? L Y C A N B Y A K U G A N. By a Coogan. Something like that. <laughs> Gangrene. That's an easy one. Gangrene. Solid. And then Top Gun Jets fan is the last one. Ooh. All right. There you go. We got 28. All right. So we've got 28 in our giveaway for tonight. We are going to pick number 12. Who's number 12, Green Bean? Piddly Pie Poo. Ah, Piddly Poo. Let's see if I could spin the wheel the correct way. Oh, it spins the first time. <laughs> Oh, let's yay. Go. Penalty poo. Let's see what happens. What are we getting? Crying into a pillow, collecting your tears into a mug, or screaming into a jersey because you're excited. Mug. mug. We're going He's mug. Penalty poo. Reach out to us. Either jetstalk247 at gmail.com or talkjetshow at gmail.com. We'll get your shipping information. We'll send you out a mug uh, for talking jets. So thank you so much for, for hanging out and. Uh, Playing with us. I see infrared in there saying penalty poo. Uh, that's the nickname for Makai Becton, actually. 
Uh, yeah. Raymond, we are at the end of our show. Any last words for our panel? Sorry, I was taking a melatonin. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, whatever. You know, watch Just Jets tomorrow for Matt. Listen to it or anyway. Watch it too. Yeah, watch it or listen. O'Leary, any last words for our panel? Uh, new episode of Just Jets tomorrow. Doing a, a whole lot of content on the channel. Doing a whole lot of content over here. Things you just absolutely love to see. Thanks for hanging. Make sure you guys are subscribed if you're not subscribed to this channel because we got some exciting stuff coming up starting next month. We'll announce it as we get things a little more finalized, but we're super pumped on it. Boys and girls, I will be doing my normal stuff, draft breakdown, uh, free agent breakdown, all that good stuff, comparing free agent wide receivers. I think that's going to be the next video I wind up uh, gearing myself towards, but uh, it's been a whole lot of fun hanging out with, your t with you guys here tonight. Make sure you hit that like button on the way out. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! Just go somewhere else. I can't take this nonsense anymore. How are you going to blame the defense? I got the power. Screw Green Bean. <laughs> Damn it. But once you get to the sausage, I feel like we're doing something. Go Jets. And that's the other part of this, is people are insanely jealous of this show. This show gets the best of the best, and it does a different way, with positivity. He scores! Oh, my head! Oh, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. What would you give up to see a Jets Super Bowl? All of my friends and family. <laughs> Hit those milk thumb, boys and girls. Freeze run. Jets! Hold on to your underwear, ladies, and stand by, bitches. It's now time for Talking Jets with your hosts, Matt, Ryan, and Greenbean. Jets, Jets!